You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you right across Australia live from Hobart, Tasmania each weekday at 9am. And of course, if you're listening in Tasmania, you can catch us again at 4.30pm each weekday. Each weekday. Now, of course, we've got Gary Webster presenting his series Lifetime Search, but Gary is over in Western Australia at the moment. Welcome, Gary. Hey, Jason. Good to be here again. Yeah, good to have you. Gary, uh, you probably noticed my voice is a little bit croaky today. I'm, I'm recovering from a bit of a cold, but uh, I'm on the mend, which is a good thing. Well, I might have to save your voice, eh? <laughs> we'll see how we go. So, Gary, uh, just tell us um, in your um, travels, in your time spent in, uh, you know, in your ministry, um, sharing the good news of God's love with people, have you ever had some bad experiences? Oh, yes, of course. Um, God's friends don't get an easy ride, do they? Not always. <laughs> Just look at Jesus and look at Paul and others. You know, things 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 don't always work out the way you want them to. But yeah, perhaps uh, perhaps one little example from my travels was when I was uh, my first tour to the Middle East and Europe. I um, wanted to go to Paris to see the Louvre Museum because there's lots of things from the Persian period that I use in my programs to uh, help people understand that the Bible is true and so on. And uh, I was in Turin and wanted to catch a train to Paris. I remember going into the ticket office and I said, uh, Traino Paris. fellow says, no, no. I thought, oh, what, what am I going to do now? So went outside and had a prayer, come back in, a different guy at the counter this time, Traino Paris. Oh, we oui, yes, of course there is. Oh, okay, so... Once there wasn't a train, now there is one in about five minutes. So uh, anyway, I jumped on this train that just pulled in and it was packed. Um, got a little place to, to try to sleep. And when I woke up about midnight, something, the, the whole corridor was just jammed with people. And I just discovered that uh, this was the last train out of Italy into, into France because there was a train strike. Right. So I knew I wouldn't be able to get a train out of Paris the next evening uh, to Amsterdam where I had to catch a flight to go to Cairo. So anyway, I spent, we got, in the, got into Paris at about midday, so no time to go to the Louvre Museum. Um, I just had to find a bus to get me out of Paris to Amsterdam. So anyway, finally at 11 o'clock, I'd, I'd found a bus, 11 o'clock at night, sat on this bus, and I was really... Really um, a little bit grumpy with God, actually. Not good, is it? Because I thought, I came all the way halfway around the world to see the Louvre Museum, and I saw nothing, and I was only there for about a day. Mm. Anyway, I sat down on this bus next to a young lady, and uh, we got chatting, and she really wanted to know, how does a person be right with God and have eternal life? And I knew right then... Ah, this is what this thing's all about. Mm. It wasn't <laughs> it was a about bad you. experience on one plane, but God needed to help this young lady. And I remember at about one o'clock in the morning, we had a prayer together, and she accepted Christ into her life. It was a great moment, but I realised, yeah, sometimes bad things are for a good reason, mm. um, and God can bring good out of them. Yeah, for sure. Mm. For sure. Now, uh, before we get into our main discussion today, which the topic of today is why bad things happen to good people, um, I'll just show, share with our listeners our show number. That's the Tassie Encounters number. It's 0488 880 
891. So that's 0488 880891. Now I've tried to say that a bit slower today because I had some feedback uh, from one of our listeners that says that I say the number too quickly. So <laughs> I've tried to make it nice and slow. Write that down. We're going to give you uh, a chance to uh, take advantage of a free offer later in the program today. Now, Gary, so uh, why bad things happen to good people? Last week's uh, episode was why uh, what goes around comes around. Do you want to just uh, remind us of where we've come from and where we're going today? Yes, yes. We were talking about the story of Jacob the last, the previous two weeks, and we got to the point where Jacob's son Joseph, through his wife Rachel, uh, was sold by his brothers. And I want to pick that up a little more because we just uh, we just touched on that lightly. First of all, perhaps we we should ask the question: So why did his brothers sell him? What was what was the big deal? Clearly, they didn't like him. Well, there was a couple of reasons they didn't like him. One, Joseph was the favourite son of his father, because the Bible says in Genesis thirty-seven verse three: Now Israel, that's Jacob, loved Joseph more than all his children, because he was the son of his old age. He also made him a tunic, a coat of many colours. You know, Hollywood's Joseph and the Technicolor coat. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than all his brothers, they hated him mm. and could not speak peaceably to him. I think that's a problem, Jason, when we have favourites in the family, don't we? Yeah, for sure. You know, and clearly his brothers got jealous. They shouldn't have, but you can understand it from a human perspective. Dad's favourite young boy. And then there's a second reason. Joseph had lots of dreams. Now, the Bible says Joseph had a dream. And he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more because these dreams had, you know, he says, I, I dreamt of, I had a, my sheath of wheat in the field was standing up straight up as high as a, as, as straight as a beanstalk. But all your sheaths of you brothers, 12 of them, they all, 11 of them, I should say, they all bowed down to my sheath. And sort of the brothers said, well, who do you think you are? And then the sun, moon and stars all bowed down to him in another dream. And his father said, come on, Joseph. You know, what do you think we're all going to bow down to you one day? Mm-hmm. So sharing those dreams made made his brothers pretty angry. They hated him even more, you know, because he thought he was a bit a bit uppity. Mm-hmm. So you know, one day Jacob sends his son to go to a place called Shechem, where um, where the boys are looking after the the sheep and the goats and so on and. They see him coming and they say, look, this is our chance. Let's kill our younger brother. So they grab hold of him and they throw him into a pit, which is probably a water system that's empty, and uh, they throw him in there. And then the older brother, Reuben, uh, he he tells him, you know, we shouldn't really kill him, uh, and he has to go away for a little bit. When he comes back, Joseph's gone. And he says, where, 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 where's, the, where's the boy? Oh, a bunch of Ishmaelite traders passed by, and so we decided rather than kill him, why don't we make some money instead? So we sold him off to these Ishmaelites. Um, you know, incredible story, isn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. selling your own brother to some traders, and of course they took him down to Egypt. But I want you to notice how cruel these brothers were at this event. It says... This is later on when finally they discover that Joseph's become the leader of Egypt and they go down there and they meet him. Um, It says this, They said to one another, We are truly guilty concerning our brother, selling him like this, for we saw the anguish of his soul 
when he pleaded with us and we would not hear. Can you just imagine how Jake Joseph must have felt when his brothers sell him off and the, the thoughts that must have gone through his mind at this point? Incredible, wouldn't it? It's, it makes you just wonder how much they, they really must have had a problem with him, you know, in terms of to, to put him through that. They really must have uh, hated him tremendously to, to put him in the pit and then exactly. sell him off. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a remarkable, um, yeah, remarkable attitude to your own brother. I, I just mm. find it mind-boggling. Anyway, so... Uh, you know, and, and imagine Joseph on those camels as the, he goes further and further away from the hills of home and so on. He must have wondered, why, God, why? Why is this bad thing happening to me? And, it, but, and one day, of course, he'd understand and, and he'd express it, uh, you know, this way. Genesis 50, verse 20. Why don't you read that for us? It says, but as for you... You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as it is this day to save many people alive. Of course, that's quite a few years later. Yeah. When he looks back, he realizes, ah, oh, God, God, while God didn't do this, he allowed it to happen for a good reason because my going to Egypt was going to help uh, keep this family and others alive, you know. And it reminds me of Romans chapter 8, verse 28, uh, Jason. It says, We know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are, the call, who are the called according to his purpose. This wasn't a good thing. Clearly that he was sold by his brothers was a wrong thing. But God can bring good out of the bad stuff in our life, isn't it? Mm. And, you know, perhaps uh, some of our listeners, maybe yourself, Jason, I don't know. We're going through something really tough right now. And, and, and we wonder, where is God? But the good thing is we can turn to him and he can bring bad out of, or good, I should say. He can bring bad, good out of the bad thing that happens. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Joseph's on his way to Egypt and he must have not only wondered, why is this bad thing happening to me, a follower of God, because he was a good, a good guy. But he must have also wondered, well, where is God? He seems to have deserted me, but we'll we, we, we'll pick that up uh, after our next after our first song, Jason. Is, you know, how, how was God with him? Well, let's uh, let's go to our break. Uh, our first song is "God Moves in a Mysterious Way." Certainly, uh, He does. Sometimes we don't understand how God works, but in the end, often we realise that He knows what He's doing. So sometimes we just have to trust. So this is uh, the Lockwoods. God moves in a mysterious way.
That was the Lockwoods with God Moves in an, a Mysterious Way. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we've been talking with Gary Webster on Lifetime Search today. Gary, welcome back, and uh, welcome back, listeners. We've been talking just briefly about the introduction as to Joseph and how his brothers sold him into slavery uh, on his way to Egypt. Yes. We were talking, Joseph, uh, when we before the song that he he must have wondered as he's journeying on this camel train, where is God? He seems to have have deserted me. Well, he hadn't. Uh, when Joseph got to Egypt, the Ishmaelites sold him to an Egyptian guy called Potiphar. He was actually an officer of Pharaoh and captain of the guard, and so he comes to work in his home. But I want you to notice what it says about God in respect to Joseph. In these bad times, I mean, arriving in a foreign country, taken away from your own home, your own father. The guy's only about 17, uh, young young fellows. Perhaps you could read Genesis 39 verse 2 for us, Jason. It says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him, and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favour in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had put, and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Yeah, so it's very clear, isn't it, that uh, God was with Joseph, and, and he actually helped him so that um, he was not only you know, doing well himself, but the, the, the Egyptian he was working for was... Uh, yeah, he, he, his business was booming, so to speak, or at least his his house was in great order. So God was with him even in the bad times, and that's the point. Mm. Um, and and so goods come out of this bad experience for Joseph. He's now number one in fair in Potiphar's house as a slave, and so things are looking up until Mrs. Potiphar, the mm-hmm. wife of Potiphar, enters the picture. Tell now, us, tell I want us to read about some that. verses because I think good background for the next part of the story in Genesis 39 we pick up these these words verse 6 it says now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance so he's a good looking guy Jason yeah um, uh, a bit of a he-man by the looks came to pass after these things that his master's wife that's Potiphar's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph she thought hmm he's a good looking young guy and she said lie with me come to bed with me now I mean what a temptation for a young guy who's just come into this foreign land. I mean, 
No doubt she was a, a good-looking woman, Jason, because, I mean, this guy's the captain of the guard of the pharaoh. Mm. So an incredible temptation for a young fellow. But the Bible says in verse 9, 8, he refused. And he said to his this this lady, he said, listen, look, my master doesn't know what is what is with me in the house. I, every, I look after everything for him. He hasn't got a clue what goes on here. And he says, uh, and he's committed all that he has to to me. I look after everything for him. There's no one greater in this house than me, nor has he kept back anything from me except for you because you're his wife. And then I love the words he, he, he says next to this woman who's really chasing him. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? Mm. That's an enormous statement, isn't it? It is, isn't it? So often we we think sometimes our our wrongdoing is is just against a person, but it, it, it's first and foremost against God. Yeah, jo- Joseph saw this clearly. Mm. I mean, what faithfulness uh, to God and also to Potiphar. I mean, I mean, I mean, he, he, he probably could have got away with this thing in in terms of Potiphar, maybe. But I mean, look, he's so he's so he, he believes I need to be faithful to my employer and. As well as to my God, you know. And as you said, Jason, sin is always ultimately against God. Mm. When we sin, ultimately God gets hurt. And what kindness to the wife when you think he tried to reason with this woman, mm. but uh, she just couldn't be reasoned with. I want you to notice. Read for us Genesis thirty-nine verse ten. The story goes on. I mean, this woman won't give up. So it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, that he did not heed her to lie with her or to be with her. Um, yeah, I mean, this is not just, I mean, Joseph's, Joseph's a young guy, prime of life, and, and she just won't give up. Come on, let's go to bed together, she says. And what an incredible temptation. Again and again, she's at, she's at Joseph. But I want you to notice the tremendous wisdom the Bible says Joseph would not be with her. <laughs> mm. Good way. Best way to flee temptation is to hang, is to get out of the place, isn't it? Mm. Get out of its way. Winston Churchill once said, he said, you cannot reason with a tiger when your head is in its mouth. <laughs> good, good point, isn't it? Yeah. And so Joseph knew, if I stay around here, man, this is dangerous. I'm, when she comes into the house, I'm, I'm, I'm getting out of here. Um, uh, yeah, run for your life. But that's not always possible. And uh, we see as the story continues, it's not always possible. Read verse 11. It says in verse 11, But it happened about this time when Joseph went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. Wow. Man, she's she's just determined. And again, an incredible temptation. This, this this lady just won't just won't give up on this guy. Um, but you notice it says, but he left his garment in her hand and he fled and ran outside. He said, "I'm not having anything to do with this. Uh, this is a terrible thing for me to do. If I if I if I fall for this woman, I'm not going to." And he runs out of the house. Mm. Uh, I think Jason, this is a great example for for all of us. In actual fact, when sin tempts us to turn from God and do wrong. The best thing is to be like Joseph and 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 uh, and run for our life. Let's not, uh, when, you know, I, th- I think James puts it this way. Therefore, submit to God, and this is what Joseph was clearly doing. Submit to God, resist the devil, 
and he'll flee from you. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. You sort of get the sense, however, you know, that something's brewing. And uh, perhaps, Jason, you could read for us verse 13. See what happens next. This woman's got the coat of Joseph in her hand because he's, he's taken off. He's not going to have anything to do with this thing. And, and so it was, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to mock us. He came into me to lie with me, and I cried out with a loud voice. And it happened... When he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him the words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out so that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was, when his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined, and he was there in the prison. Wow, I mean, what a story. I mean, this, this lady's very cunning, isn't she? She, she, she knows she, she better cry out so that all the servants hear her. Um, and, and she said, basically, she's saying, this guy was going to rape me. That's what she, what she was yeah. saying. And, uh, and, and then she, oh, I've got to keep this garment for my husband. You know, I don't actually think Potiphar trusted this, this is his own wife. I, I reckon he would have done more than put him in jail. He was the captain of the guard. This guy's a slave. Mm. Uh, he could have done a lot more. I, I think there's something in this, 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 this lady. That I reckon her husband knew that this wasn't all about Joseph. <laughs> but I guess he anyway. had to be seen to have done something. So he exactly, he exactly, he had to be doing, seen to do something. Oh, and all the servants knew about this thing. Mm. Yeah. Yep. So it's interesting. Potiphar's lie, wife lies about Joseph. So if I can't have him, then he's got to go. And he did. Mm. She got him into prison. And can you imagine right now how Joseph must have felt and thought? He must have thought, "Why God? Why? I mean, I was faithful to you." Uh, and, and to Potiphar, my boss, and yet you let me go to prison. Why? What's, what's going on here? I can imagine him thinking that. Mm. For sure. But, you know, when we look back, and when he looked back, he would have realised, if I hadn't gone to prison, I'd not have met two very important people who would one day turn tragedy into triumph for God and for Jacob and his family and for the Egyptians themselves. Remember Romans 8 again, Jason? Um, all things, all work, things together work together, to yeah. Yep. To those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. Mm. And maybe, maybe some of our listeners are going through something tough right now, and we've got our life. We put our life in God's hand, and because of his grace, he has a purpose in our trouble. It's hard to see it at the time, I grant it, because I've been through that myself, and uh, I'm sure we'll continue. We wonder, you know, what, what good could come out of this? But in, in time, he'll bring good out of that bad thing. And, and Joseph must have again wondered, so where's God? He seems to have abandoned me. But Jason, why don't you read for us before we go to our next song, Genesis 40, verse 21 says but the lord was with joseph and showed him mercy and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison 
And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. So there it is again. God made him prosper in prison. This guy's a good manager. This is quite obvious. He manages Potiphar's house. Now he's managing the prison for this prison guy. And once again, even in prison, God begins to bring good out of bad for his friend. Of course, um, Joseph had to, he must have um, had the right attitude to be able to to do that as well. You know, he could have have been begrudging and bitter in the prison, but instead he obviously did the best in, in the bad circumstances that he was in. Yes, it's clear. It's clear exactly. It's clear from the way you know what happened with Potiphar and now now the prison that he had a good attitude. He he, he was putting his trust in God even in this bad time. You know, but the but now the shining thing through all this bad stuff that's happening to him, the purpose for all of these things, it now begins to emerge as the story continues in a beautiful way. But let's pick that up after our next song, Jason. Yeah. So here's our next song. It's uh, Your Will Be Done by Hoku Clements. It's a beautiful song. It talks about handing it over to God. Here I am This is the life I've been given I'm just one Out of countless there were and will be you know each step every word that is yet to be spoken the length of my life to the moment the very last breath I will breathe and Father I need you to give me some peace in this madness beauty for ashes I need
program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And we've been talking with Gary Webster and we've been recounting a part of the story of Joseph and we're at the point where Joseph has just been put into prison for doing the right thing. Gary, that uh, doesn't seem fair, does it? You do the right thing and you get thrown into jail. Have we got you there, Gary? No. Looks like we've just lost Gary for a moment. I'll uh, I'll put another song on and we'll come back to you shortly. I believe that you were God alone But sometimes I still try to take control I get scared when I can't see the end And all you want from me is to let go You're parting waters Making a way for me You're moving mountains That I don't even see You've answered my prayer Before Okay, we've got Gary back on the line. We had a technical fault there. So, Gary, you, you, you're back with us? Yes. Bad things happen to good people, Jason. <laughs> yeah, they do, even technical things. They, they happen, you know, mishaps happen regularly, and yeah. uh, unfortunately we just have to deal with them. Yeah. But there you go. We're back together. And uh, I was just saying, Gary, that uh, we were, we'd just left Joseph in the prison and... Uh, it's yes. uh, he, he'd done a good thing. He'd been doing the right thing by uh, not sleeping with his with his boss's wife, and he gets thrown into prison. So, yeah. so he's in prison, Jason. Yeah, and uh, and while he's there, two guys come. One's the butler of the pharaoh, and the other's the baker for some infraction that they've done. They've done something wrong, and so the pharaoh's thrown into prison. And jo- Joseph's put in. In charge of these guys, the prison warden says, "Okay, Joseph, want you. These are pretty important prisoners. You, you, you're in charge of them." Um, and, and one day, as he's uh, meeting these guys, he says, "Guys, you look like the world's dropped out of you. The, the bottom's dropped out of your world. Why are you so sad?" And uh, they said, "Well, because we've had some bad dreams." So he says, "Okay, that's fine. Don't interpretations belong to God? You tell me, and and I'll ask my God, and and I'll give you the interpretation." So, basically, the chief butler says something like this. He says, you know, I, was, uh, I had this dream, 
and uh, I had a, a, a vine with three branches, um, and uh, he says I squeezed um, the, the the grapes, and out came some juice, and uh, you know Pharaoh's cup was placed. I put the cup back in Pharaoh's hand. So Joseph says, "Oh, well, that what that what this means is that three branches are three days, and so in three days Pharaoh's going to um, restore you back to your job back in the in the king's palace." Well, I mean, the baker was rather interested. He's a good a good interpretation, so he then shares with him, you know, uh, his uh, his dream. So the baker basically says, listen, I was, uh, in my dream that I had, there were three white baskets on top of my head and uh, and in the upper, the top basket, there were all sorts of goodies baked for Pharaoh and, and the birds ate them. Um, and so Joseph says, oh, hmm, the three baskets are three days and in three days Pharaoh's going to take your head off. You're going to die and you're, you're going to hang you on a tree. And the birds are going to eat your flesh. Oh, not good news. I would rather have not have known that, I think. <laughs> I think I would too, Jason. That's a pretty awesome thing, isn't it? But anyway, when Joseph finishes with these guys, he says to the he says to the, 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 the butler, the one with the grape juice, he says, Look, remember me. When you mm. go to the palace, remind the Pharaoh that I shouldn't even be here. Mm. Uh, this is I didn't do anything wrong. So can you talk to the Pharaoh for me? Because you know I gave you a favourable interpretation. That's what it means. Um, three days later, that's exactly what happens. The butler goes back to the king's palace. Three days later, the ba- the the baker is actually executed by the Pharaoh. Well, guess what, Jason? What do you reckon the butler did? I reckon he, he forgot. forgot. I reckon he forgot. Yeah, he there. forgot. <laughs> two two years go by. You know, Joseph must have wondered again, yeah. why, God, mm. why? I've been trusting you, even in when I was doing the right thing uh, and, and, and I went to prison. Why, why now this? How come, you know, I've revealed your word faithfully, the prof- prophecies that, you know, these guys had dreams that clearly came from you and I interpreted them correctly. Now, now how come I'm left in this hellhole, this prison? Because let me tell you, it wouldn't have been like a motel. Mm. Why have you abandoned me? You can almost hear him saying, I guess we can remember again, all things do work together for good, Jason, to those who love God. You know, sometimes we have to wait for God. In his time, he acts for us. Joseph waited two years in this prison. Um, you know? That, that's after already have spent some time in there, obviously. Yeah. So he would have been in there for he's a He's 30 years old yeah. when he gets out of prison. Yeah. So he's been around the place a long time, no doubt in prison for a few years. Mm. You know, and, and, and when, when he looked back, I'm sure he thought, you know, if the butler had told the Pharaoh about, uh, you know, that I had these, I had these interpretations correct, it would have meant nothing to the Pharaoh two years ago because, you know, so what? So you interpreted a dream. But God's purposes know no haste and they know no delay. He's in control in our lives, even in the bad times. And I think that song that you that you played for us, Jason, we, we must be faithful and, and, and yield to his will because he, he loves us and he's in control and he's going to bring good out of this bad stuff. Mm. So... Um, that's what he's about to do for Joseph, because now Pharaoh has a dream two years later, and it catapults Joseph to be second in charge of, of Pharaoh, of, uh, of Egypt. It's amazing. 
Um, in fact, it says the dream Pharaoh has is seven thin cows eat up seven fat cows and seven thin stalks of wheat eat up seven fat stalks of wheat. Why don't you read for us Genesis 41 verse 8, Jason? It says, Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Yeah, wow. <laughs> now the chief butler speaks up. He remembers, oh, that's that guy in prison. Yeah. All, all these magicians and astrologers here can't can't help the pharaoh and he's really anxious he wants to know what does this mean because it's an omen or something so uh, so the butler says oh i remember this guy in prison two years ago he actually told me the meaning of my dreams and, and i was restored back to to my job as butler um so the pharaoh of course what does he do he calls up joseph, joseph guy <laughs> out of prison because i want to know what's going to happen in the future mm. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and I love the way Joseph answers when the Pharaoh says, listen, I've heard that you can tell the meaning of dreams. Can you please tell me? Notice what he says in verse 16, Jason. Read that for us. It's it says, incredible. So, jo- so Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it's not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Wow. So what's he doing now? He's acknowledging God, not, not, uh, not making himself... Uh, yeah. Exactly. He's saying, listen, it's God's the one that can do this. Anyway, yeah. the long and short of this, Jason, is, you know, this guy is, is not only faithful, he's very humble. Mm. He says, it's God who gives the Pharaoh uh, the answer, not me. It didn't come from me. So what happens next? Well, the, the Joseph tells them, these seven fat cows, these seven fat stalks of wheat that are eaten up by these seven thin cows and these seven thin stalks. This means there's a seven-year period of plenty and then after that, seven years of famine. The famine's going to swallow up. And so he says there's going to be a drought and a famine in Egypt. And uh, you know what I reckon you ought to do, Pharaoh? I reckon you should employ somebody uh, to take charge and make sure that he gathers in heaps of grain for the next seven years while you've got plenty. Take, take one-fifth and store it up each year and, and so that when the seven years of famine hit, man, you'll be able to live out this, this famine. And the Pharaoh says, man, this guy can not only tell us what the future holds, but he's very smart, he's very wise. I don't reckon there's anybody else in Egypt that could, that could do this. You're it, man. So he says, Jacob, you become number two next to me on the throne. Mm, J- Joseph, I think you said Jacob there, but yeah, Joseph. Sorry, Joseph. Joseph, Joseph. Yeah, what yeah, amazing. Yeah. You know, so he's chosen to do the job. And I think, Jason, in this that we can see that, you know, God was was at work way back behind the scenes. Joseph didn't know it, but one day he's going to be number two on the throne. And now he can save not only the Egyptians, but as we continue the story, he's going to save his, his family. Well, we're over time for a break, uh, Gary. We're going to go to this song, um, Always Good, by Andrew Peterson. It's hard to think that God is always good when we're in the midst of uh, difficult times. Mm. But before we go to the break, Patriarchs and Prophets is our book uh, giveaway today, a free book. Uh, We've been promoting this book over the past few episodes, and this, I believe, is the last week that we'll be giving away this book. Gary, is that right? Uh, no, one more. One because, more. Okay, uh, we're one more. Continue the story. Finish it off next week. But Jason, the story of Joseph in this book is awesome. It's just it just comes alive in this yeah. book, Patriarchs and Prophets. Okay, so after the break, we'll give you the code. This is always good by Andrew Peterson. Mm. 
Do you remember how Mary was grieving? How you wept and she fell at your feet? If it's true that you know what I'm feeling, could it be that you're weeping with me? Arise, oh Lord, and save me. There's no Listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM, and we just said before the break we would give you the code to our book offer, uh, Patriarchs and Prophets. So today's code is DIG13. You can text that into 0488 880 That's 0488 880 Gary, we're in our last section. We've got five minutes left. And there's still a bit left to this story. Yes, uh, at least to this part of the story. Um, 
I, I love why Joseph was chosen to be next to the Pharaoh to, to manage this famine that's coming because it says Pharaoh said to his servants can we find such a one as this you know a, a young fellow like this a man in whom is the spirit of God that even the Pharaoh could recognize that that God lived in this guy yeah he was with him uh, and that's why Joseph could tell the Pharaoh his dreams. J- Jason, what follows next? As soon as the Pharaoh says, you're going to be in charge, there follows a ceremony of installation of Joseph as number two in Egypt. I want you to read it because I want to talk about that in just a moment. Just read verse 42 and 43 for us. It says, Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he had him ride in the second chariot which he had, and they cried out before him, Bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt, I guess. There's a word missing, Gary. Yeah, Yeah. Egypt, that's right. Now, what's interesting is Joseph was only 30 years of age at this time. Yeah. Um, And he left home at around about 17 or 18, so he's been in Egypt for at least 12, 13 years, you know. Um, And Pharaoh gave him also a good wife, and the Bible says he had a couple of sons. We'll pick up the rest of the story next week. But what I want to close on, Joseph, is this story is not just some nice fairy tale, you know, like a story. No, no, there's good evidence for the credibility of the Joseph story in archaeology. For example, Egyptian records show that there were there was a flow of Semitic peoples, which, of course, the Israelites were, in and out of Egypt during this particular time in history. Um, and that's reflected how the, the we're going to see the migration of Jacob comes down to Egypt mm. and Joseph's come here and, and then they go back again. This is mentioned in the Joseph story, especially next week. And also the Semites actually functioned as slaves at all levels of Egyptian society. And, of course, Joseph was sold into slavery for 20 shekels. In ancient Near Eastern records, the suggested price for a slave was actually 22 shekels. So, again, we're in the same... You know, whoever wrote this story was very familiar with the times. Remember, it says Joseph rose from a a, a modest position in the house of his Egyptian master Potiphar to become the overseer of his master's house. Mm. Now, these terms uh, are actually official ranks of well-attested Egyptian documents. So different parts of the story we have good evidence for. Here's another one. That ceremony that you read of how he was promoted to, to second in charge with the mention of the, the gold collar and the signet ring and so on, um, these uh, if documents uh, of ancient Egypt show that this is what, how public ceremonies took place at this time mm. for someone who was becoming a, uh, a public figure. And then in addition to that, it mentions the dreams. You know, the butler and the baker had a dream. The pharaoh had dreams. Well, we now know from Egyptian records that they put a lot of stock in dreams, just like the old Babylonians did. And then finally, there's uh, archaeological evidence from a, a tell, you know, a, a civilization mound called Tel Ed Dabar, which was the site of what we call the city of Avaris, an Egyptian city. And this shows that there were a, 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 a lot of Semites living in Avaris throughout the, this particular time. And uh, we also know that Avaris is near the place called Goshen, where Jacob's going to come to get to, to, to be with his son Joseph in the next part of the story. So, J- Jason, there's, there's incredible evidence that comes out of Egypt that shows the historical uh, validity 
of this interesting story. But we, we, we'll pick up the rest of the story next week because we, we, all we've seen today is thank God that he can bring good out of bad situations in our lives when we put our trust in him. Certainly the case, and, uh, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've looked at uh, a lot of Joseph's story and there are many cases, many examples in his life about this, and mm. I guess there are many other examples in the Bible as well. So next week, Gary, uh, we're talking about why bad things happen to good people, part two. Um, do you want to give us any hint as to where we're going? We're, we're finishing off the story of Joseph. Is there is yes. there more to talk about in well, this as well? Well, what we learn next, of course, is so why does Joseph have all these bad things yeah. And why is he now put on the throne? Something really great is happening. There's a purpose. God has a plan for our life, each of us. There's a purpose. There's a reason for living. And God has a task for us all to do that's going to help other people. And that's where we're going to head in the next part of the story. Awesome. So we encourage you to tune in next Tuesday to hear the rest of this Why Bad Things Happen to Good People, Part 2. Uh, tomorrow we've got Raiko Chelich uh, jo- uh, joining Tabitha with the parable of the fig tree. Uh, Raiko will be on at 9am tomorrow, so please tune in to that. And uh, just remember that offer. This is the second last week that we'll have the Patriarchs and Prophets. It's part of the series, The Conflict of the Ages, and this is Volume 1. And we encourage you to text in the code word DIG13, D-I-G-1-3, no spaces, to 0488880891. Gary, thank you again for joining us. I know you have yeah. to get up early over there to, to do this program. <laughs> you're, you're, great to be with. You're up at about five or something in Western Australian time. So. Yeah, a little bit earlier than that too. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so uh, thanks uh, for joining us and we'll talk to you again next week. Thanks, Jason. Sometimes I still try to take control Cause I get scared when I can't see the end And all you want from me is to let go Your parting waters making a
This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.